0: Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Election Day is November 6th, so before we start the show, we just want to encourage you, if you have not done so already, to register to vote! Woo, woo woo Yes! woo 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 Save it, is your, it is your civic duty, and there are deadlines for voting registrations, and they do vary state by state. So, go to usa.gov right now, look up your state, figure out when your deadline is, and register. And then don't forget to get your butt to the polls on November 6th. You can also sign up to get an absentee ballot if you can't make it that day. So, mm-hmm. whatever you yep. got to do, it's easy if you know how to get that information. So, USA.gov, do it. Treat your country. Trade it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alright, um, you are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Yeah,
0: sure, you motherfucking bet. Sure do. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do here, folks. Yeah. How about the them wild? Um, I'm Kenyon. I'm Lucy. <laughs> I'm disgusted with Kenyon's wild Minnesota wild reference. <laughs> and I'm also Amanda.
2: <laughs> and this week we have a very special fan pick. Mm. Um selected by Jody Knight, as in our Knight in Shining Armor, Jody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jody has selected. A really, you uh, know, interne- a, a theme that packs a punch. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Killer couples. Yes, 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 yes.
1: <laughs>
0: this whole episode <laughs> is couple goals, except completely not. Except- and completely fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> completely fucked up. And also, one of our
2: more requested topics. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. we're yeah. finally giving the people what they want here
0: for um, show. which mm-hmm. is
2: really fucked up soulmate. Way to pounce on
0: it, Jody. Yeah. Way to pounce on it. So,
2: what is our wine crime pairing, Amanda, for killer couples?
0: Jody really went all out with this topic. Not only picked the topic but picked the wine and picked a case. So, we are drinking Passion Has Red Lips Cabernet Shiraz oh. by Some Young Punks. <laughs> Maybe the
1: lips are purple after you drink this Cabernet Shiraz. <laughs> Accurate. Maybe uh, the lips beautiful. are chapped
2: as mine are right now.
1: Mm. Quick, get this to wine. thine boots, bees, pomegranate.
0: Oh my God, we're never gonna. <laughs> no get time. This. this is not a wink wine. <laughs> Uh, But I want to shout out our sponsor. Wink.com is an amazing online wine club that literally delivers wine to your door. They have been sponsoring us pretty much since the early days of this podcast and we owe them a lot and their services are amazing. So you can go to their website, Trywink.com, use forward slash gals to get 20 bucks off your first box. You can take a flavor quiz to see what you like. You can skip it all together and just pick from their inventory, put four or more bottles in that box and they will take care of the shipping. And we do put pictures of what upcoming wink wines are approaching. So you can get some wine and drink along with us. So again, TryWink.com forward slash gals. Yes. Um, this is a super juicy Australian blend. It's 50 50 Kabsov and Shiraz, which mm. I love. Mm. Talk about some Libra balance. You get that bright ruby, deep, deep fruit, powerful aromas, blueberry on the nose from that Cabernet. Mm. Delicious, fruity, mm. fruity shit. That sounds and good. And then there's like a hint of smokiness from the Shiraz that I really love, mm. that just kind of balances out the nose. Um, this is a super balanced wine. Again, I love that it's 50-50 Kavsov and Shiraz. It leans a little bit towards sweet, but in an approachable way. So it's just like really plush, dark fruit flavors. It's brightened up by that peppery component that the Shiraz brings in. That's like one of my favorite elements mm-hmm. of any wine. You love that Anything pepper. Anything that's gonna be fruity on the front end and salt and a pepper. black pepper finish. Hello. Makes you cough a little on the way down. Makes you cough, but it burns so good. Um this wine finishes with velvety tannins on a sweet berry note. <laughs> It's like a perfect fall wine. This yeah. is like the basic bitch pumpkin spice of wines, <laughs> but good.
2: Mm. And it's by some young
0: punks, which sounds some like a young band. Punks. Passion has red lips. <laughs> Let's pop these lips open. Yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> nope, I'm sorry. I don't know why I Back did that. Up, I don't know. Backing I it up. <laughs> Everybody calm down. This is not how it's supposed to be. Okay. I am opening this bottle with a nice pop winged corkscrew available on our online store, <laughs> wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. Head over there for merch, people. Including a
2: lot of merch, like <laughs> a lot of merch that says fucking patriarchy on
1: it, which I feel yeah. like is it's very few fucking merch items that have our actual name of our show on it.
0: But I don't hate it All right Whatever We've got her real close to the edge here Are we ready for this? Super ready That's what he said Or she said Mm. Ooh Ow Ow. Nice She's ready for us Lippy pop She's ready So lippy Ew Stop (laughs) I know I hate it I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) All right
1: Cheers. My heartburn is
0: really bad, so this should be an interesting day. Oh, that those pepper notes. <laughs> Nothing like red wine with acid reflux. There's a pairing. There's a wine crime pairing for you. In the AM. <laughs> <laughs> I am dead
2: inside. (laughs) I seriously considered pouring vodka into another green juice
1: today, but I decided
0: against it. Uh,
1: Kombucha is now my favorite mixer. It's so good. It's so good. so good. God bless you, Allie Ward, for opening our eyes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to your Um, Los Angeles ways. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Lucy, what is our this is this is going to be a wild ride. What is our background and psych
1: for killer couples? All right, all right, all right. Let's do it.
0: Ready for killer
1: it. Killer couples. So, typically in a scenario such as this, there is one partner of the duo that initiates homicidal behaviors. That's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda's always like the devil <laughs> shoulder. Sorry. (laughs) That said, the other partner is usually either a little bit interested in homicide themselves or they're Mm. just easily coerced into participating. And there Mm. are several reasons why a couple might commit murder. So the first one that I want to address is uh, an abusive relationship. Um, Sometimes participation is a matter of life and death for the non-abusive partner. Mm -hmm. So let's not leave that factor out. There's also a master-slave dynamic in quite a few of the cases that I looked at. In terms of, like, a sexual... Not always. Okay. Sometimes it's more on the abuse. It seems to be more on the abuse side, and sometimes it could be a fantasy, whether it's sexual or otherwise. Mm. Right.
2: Um, I meant more like it starts... Consensual, sexual, and then it kind of veers into all aspects Escalates. of life, master-slave dynamic, and then it becomes
1: abuse. Yeah. Well, there are yeah. limitless ways how a dynamic like that could sort of evolve. Sure. Um, and it's not something that you need to look at in all case, like killer couple cases, but there were qu- the, quite a few examples that I looked at that, that the master-slave idea concept like popped up, which I thought was interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, another another reason why a couple might commit murder. one partner has homicidal behaviors and convinces the other partner to participate. This could be a case where the so-called good partner is actually completely nonviolent at the outset, which is unlikely based mm-hmm. on some of the psychology reports that I read, um, mm. more likely is that they had a little dose of violent predisposition, and the quote-unquote bad partner just convinces that side to come out. And, like, who doesn't have a little dose of homicidal behavior, am I right? <laughs> right? 100%. I mean, Amanda, what counts? Amanda killed a spider and kept its corpse in her her tea straighter for the last week. <laughs> yep.
0: Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It's been longer than that. You're being nice to me, saying it's been a week.
1: <laughs> You're Nor- tea tastes amazing. Though. You are Norman Bates-ing that spider. Yes, it's like we in speak a tiny. T- it's other. like <laughs> in a tiny chair yeah. in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> Just like
2: a little <laughs> white curly wig on it. Yeah, it's got a tiny wig on. <laughs> a Mrs. Claus outfit.
0: <laughs> this spider is living its best life. Dead. It's, it's getting, getting its best dusty after
2: life.
1: Living its best death. (laughs) Um, Okay. Another reason why uh, this might happen is that both partners are, quote, unquote, bad, but had not engaged in homicidal behaviors until the dysfunctional tensions of their relationship pushes them from fantasy into action. Mm. Um, This Actually, there's a lot of talk about living out these fantasies, particularly among the less dominant or violent partner when instigated by the more dominant partner there have Got there have it. been cases of couples killing together to share in that fantasy whether it has a sexual element or not and a lot of them it's just the thrill right it's just it's like a bonding activity
2: mhm um
1: okay so this is according to a psychology today article by Joni E Johnston mm. um so there are a couple of quotes that she has in here um of women who have presented themselves as terrified victims of violent, abusive husbands. Quote, my husband would have killed me if I'd let them go, or Uh I felt I had no choice, or he controlled everything. He became my god. So I thought that was a little insight into some of the psychology of the... These were all attributed to women, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to women in this dynamic in a little bit, so... We'll mm-hmm. we'll circle back to this.
2: And For the I saw—I I didn't cover this, but I saw a couple cases of, like, same-sex partner uh, killer couples as well. So it's not yeah. always this, like, male-female gender they're dynamic. They're not—of
1: course they're not always heterosexual couples. I am focusing on that just because I got kind of into the rabbit hole of of women in, like, a heterosexual context— Sure. Um, but we covered Leopold and Loeb in one episode, and they are an example of two men that killed together, and at least one of them had a sexual attraction to the other. It's not mm-hmm. confirmed if it was mutual. Mm-hmm. So there are obviously cases of that same sex mm-hmm. killer couples. Okay, continuing with this article. For the outside observer, it's impossible to reconcile this self-presentation with the facts of the case. These are women who demonstrated incredible cruelty on their own, often when their spouse wasn't present. These Aha. women who create, who creatively suggested hostage-taking strategies or who suggested camera angles while the victims were being raped and tortured. Gross. And yet when we look at the spouses of sexual sadists, we do often find a history of abuse in their backgrounds. It's not uncommon for these women to be abused by their spouses or to view them with a combination of love and fear. So are these the victims as they claim to be or are they accomplices?
0: Mm. Well, you can
2: have been victimized in your life and then still create the cycle of abuse, like participate in the cycle of abuse and become an
1: accomplice. Or This is coming from more of like a judicial standpoint where you have to make some sort, you have to draw the line somewhere. Right. Um, Right. So it seems fair to think that abuse plays a major role in whether a partner is complicit in violence, whether that abuse has taken place long before they hooked up with the homicidal partner or were a victim within that relationship or both. That said, there's an argument that violent homicidal behaviors on anyone's part requires some absence of morality, empathy, and or willpower. So it's often a combination of factors. According Mm. to the forensic psychologist Tom Powell, um, he says that couples who kill together, quote, see this as a viable way to strike back at the world.
0: Like a Bonnie
1: and Clyde type yeah. Yeah, like a uh, true romance situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These types of crimes are often extensively planned out, even rehearsed. The act of violence itself often becomes a significant component of the relationship. Quote, either enactment of fantasies in the privacy of their own home or use of pornography might be on point. Um, to what their deviant interests might be, he says. When asked how it might be possible to convince someone to commit a crime of such magnitude, Powell said, quote, I think it's rooted in a lot of negative relationship issues, anger being one of them, power being another, and frustration. There's usually a pretty high level of frustration in the world. Like, duh. Fair enough.
0: But also, when
1: you think about combining these factors with with a strained relationship in which there is an imbalanced power dynamic um, and mm-hmm. probably also an element of abuse, who's to say how someone would react? Some
2: couples yeah. in unhealthy relationships decide to have a baby to try to like, you know, yeah save the relationship You're better off trying to kill somebody. <laughs> and some couples decide to get a new hobby together could be golf. Could be killing people. Yep. I would prefer killing people personally mahjong. over golf. I do like
1: mahjong. Yeah, they just see it yeah. as a way to be tied together to, for life. And the more yeah, dramatic the action, either it's having a baby or spending your lives in prison, not necessarily yeah. together. I mean, there are a lot of there are a lot of objectives here.
2: It's like the um, movie Speed. Where Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves are in that like dramatic, like traumatic thing and then they're bound mm, together. It bonds
0: them for life. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so again, not to Love focus inclu- exclusively on heterosexual couples, but I think it's important to take a look at how women fit into a killer couple scenario, specifically in a heterosexual oriented culture. Right. Okay. So bear with me. Um, here's a little bit about women and violence from a 2016 BBC article by Catherine Quarmby. Cute! Quarmby. Quarmby. Oh. I only y- like quarmed beef. <laughs> <laughs> Quarmby and gravy.
0: so hungry while
1: women are far less likely to commit homicide so a worldwide statistic says men commit 96% of all homicides and around (laughs) 80% of quote violent acts lovely Um, the number of girls and women arrested for violence in the UK more than doubled between 2000 and 2008 which was Mm. kind of nuts this could reflect some sort of surge in violence or just an increase in visibility or both Mm-hmm. Violence and power are inherently connected, and it isn't exactly women who hold power in today's society. So yeah. there's that to consider. Uh, one newspaper described a female serial killer who was a nurse in this way: "quote Women should nurture, not harm." By and large, they do. Even today, violence is a male specialty. But nurses are supposed to be the epitome of female care. They are the angels of newspaper headlines. When women do things like this, it seems unnatural, evil, a perversion of their own biology.
2: Because it's fine when men kill, and also all nurses are women. And also all women are nurturing.
1: And also male killers aren't perversions either like they're just doing what they're biologically meant to do not women though
2: we like to play the game cram as many problematic statements into one paragraph as we possibly can right i hate it so much it was
0: from (laughs) 1993 Okay. All right.
1: So that said, and especially in more recent years with women holding higher roles in the military and other things, uh, women have proven that they are capable of deploying violence in ways that demonstrate choice and agency. Yeah, we do it better. We really do it better. (laughs) Women have participated heavily in the Holocaust, where some 3,500 women served as concentration camp guards, as well as playing a pretty important role in the Rwandan genocide.
2: Yeah, they were but like hype they... women for murderers and, uh, yeah. and murdered themselves, but they would like literally like hype up groups of men
1: to like go out and kill. There was some little thing in this article that I read about how women are like typically work more alone, like not with a team, and they're also craftier, like... um, I don't know if this was during World War II, or at some point, um, women soldiers would go into a house and sprinkle, um, like, ground pepper on the floor and, like, around the house to make any hiding children sneeze oh.
0: and, like, oh
1: my make God. them come out of their hiding place.
0: Gross. So just well, that's super fucked Isn't up. that, like,
1: dastardly?
0: Just yeah, like brilliant idea. Really
1: fucking. (laughs) Use that for your Tooth Fairy rat. Yes. (laughs) You're gonna be a horrifying parent, and I can't wait.
0: It's gonna be great. Your Christmas
1: cards are gonna be gold.
0: Just my children crying every year, cry harder every year. They're 35 years old. When is it gonna stop? never it's never gonna stop, <laughs>
1: oh okay, God, so these statistics combined with popular culture and uh the focus on men abusing their intimate partners, which is not invalid, but there is mm. a there is a focus on men being an abuser and women being the victim mm-hmm. um, but
2: any all of it could be true like there are. Plenty of killer couples, I'm sure, where the man is the abuser or the woman is the abuser, whatever. And Absolutely. the other one is, is forced to participate. And then there are plenty of others where they're both just fucking sadistic bastards and
1: found each other somehow and egged each Absolutely. other Absolutely. But there are these stereotypes that were sort of born out of popular yeah, culture. Totally. Or I suppose vice versa. Okay. So statistics combined with 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 pop culture seems to engender violence and violent women are treated differently than violent men particularly in the court system there's a certain overreaction and sensationalism when a woman is convicted of a violent crime some point to the women's lib movement to account for an increase in aggression yeah okay mm, great <laughs> cool cool <laughs> Is this still from
2: the 90s? Burn your
1: bras, ladies. Women's lib. Types of crimes women are likely to be involved in include violence against vulnerable people close to them, such as children, the disabled, and the elderly. Mm -hmm. Um, Their crimes happen more in private settings, so, like, largely in, like, caretaker or caring settings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because all nurses are women. (laughs) They are more likely to be involved in honor-based violence, such as forced marriage, genital mutilation, things like that, um, yeah. terrorism, or human trafficking. And I was thinking about why those things aren't necessarily, like, I, th- I think that you, that they have more room to, like, twist your morals around Do you know what I mean? It's not just, like, shooting somebody in a robbery. Well,
0: it's it's also,
2: in those cases, the victims tend to be female as well, and then, like, other women who maybe have previously been victims of the same crime then rise up through, like, age and social power and then become the perpetrators Uh in some of those cases. Like, when I was in India, in the brothels, like— I didn't, yes, there were male traffickers that were like abducting women and taking women and pretending to be husbands and, and can, you know, coercing women to come to these brothels and, and be trafficked. But all the people that I met that were there day to day keeping these trafficking victims in line were, were female
1: madams. hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, So, women can facilitate violence through informal conversations with family members, pressuring the men to undertake certain violent acts or assisting them in the planning of such an act. And this line reminded me of the quote in My Big Fat Greek Wedding (laughs) when the mom was like, the man might be the head of the family, but the woman is the neck. She can turn the head wherever she wants. Yep.
0: Right. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: That movie reminds me of your dad, Amanda, because we watched it with uh, him.
0: Oh, We sure did.
1: <laughs> he really liked the Windex part. <laughs> he really did. Spraying it Like, on identified everything.
0: too strongly.
1: I think he, like, went and got out the Windex at some Probably. point. Probably. <laughs> this wouldn't shock me at all. Um, okay, the argument that women only act violently when under the influence of an evil man is to deny female violence, which all of this suggests come naturally comes naturally in to a certain percentage of women, like mm-hmm. f- women can be violent, women can be just as violent as men. It's in lower percentages, but that's from a myriad factors mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm female offenders in a couple situation are framed as someone to be pitied, someone forced into violence by pressure of circumstance or retaliation or coercion. So mm. all of this is to say I think statistically it's usually in a heterosexual couple, it's usually the man that instigates the violence
2: mm-hmm. or has statistically, the history has like the history of violence. It's hard to tell who maybe has the fantasy but like has a record,
1: has a criminal record or like whatever. But this is not the case universally by any means. And there's just a lot of gray area and there are just a lot of fascinating circumstances that couples can end up being homicidal together. So I sort of Mm -hmm. went off on a tangent about women and violence, but I don't know. I thought this whole thing was really cool to research, so... Mm-hmm. Thank you to Jody for a really cool topic to go down a rabbit hole on a Friday night. Yeah, Gwen, you go. <laughs> yes, Jodi.
2: Uh, I thought we would do something a little bit different this week and actually read the talking points that Talkspace has given us to read. What? In their ads.
0: <laughs>
2: Just to what? spice it up. <laughs> Our
0: off the cusp approach is changing Did you say off the cusp? Yeah No (laughs) (laughs) I know that's wrong Okay (laughs) Okay
1: (laughs) So
2: Now this is a serious ad Here we go Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Oh yeah. All you yeah. All you need is a computer with internet connection, check. Or the Talkspace mobile app, check check. check. Uh, That means you can improve your mental health, even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past, or if you have a very bizarre
0: sleep schedule that seemingly Mm -hmm. will never correct itself. Yeah. It's the best. You can get something off your chest whenever you need to. You can talk about everyday challenges at work or at home. You can chat about life. There are no extra commutes. You don't have to leave the office. You don't have to make arrangements for appointments. No one is judging you. It's seriously Mm -hmm. amazing. Um, and it's important to remember that therapy is not just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories That's kind of a cliche It's also about practical everyday strategies for stress management and living a happier life Per reach Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who is trained to listen and to help you make positive changes I love that
1: I do too You love your therapist Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm The Talkspace Mm -hmm. platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges that we all face. All of us. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals and use the promo code GALS to get $45 off your first month and to show your support for this show. So That's again, true. that is Talkspace.com forward slash gals with the promo code gals, G-A-L-S. Treat your brain and your mm-hmm. pocket.
0: We all use it. Mm-hmm. We all love it. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So we, good. We pay for this service. That's how much mm-hmm. we like it. With our promo code. <laughs> Treat, but still. With our promo code gals. <laughs> Treat your brain. Treat it.
2: If you're a regular listener, you probably heard us talk to forensic meteorologist Dr. Elizabeth Austin. My new mom.
0: Bow, 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 bow. My new mom.
2: <laughs> um, if you haven't yet watched her show, Storm of Suspicion, you need to check it out on the Weather Channel on Sunday nights at 8 Eastern and 7 Central. Mm-hmm. It is not optional,
1: this
0: is required <laughs> mm-hmm. work
2: required e- viewing.
1: Each week Dr. Austin and lead investigators take you through a different case where weather was used to either cover up a crime, wacky, mm-hmm. or that led to a conviction. So it's a crime show unlike anything else you have ever seen and you will not want to miss it.
0: That is for sure. Storm of Suspicion has everything you love about your favorite true crime shows like deceit, murder, mm. who done it, figuring out who done it. <laughs> And it adds a hint of weather like only the weather channel can.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Did a hurricane initially cover up and then help solve a murder? Yes. (laughs) How how did a rain puddle ultimately lead to a murder conviction? I don't know. Watch so many ways. So good. I like have like I have goosebumps. goosebumps. (laughs) <laughs> Watch to see how weather can help suspects stay under the radar and also lead to their downfall.
0: LOL, I see what you did there. Downfall. Rainfall. Radar. Rainfall. Downfall.
1: (laughs) In Storm of Suspicion, Dr. Austin will have you looking at crimes in a whole new way as she shows you how investigators can use Mother Nature to solve some of the most difficult cases.
0: So, so cool. So watch Storm of Suspicion every Sunday night through November at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, only on the Weather Channel. Again, that's Storm of Suspicion every Sunday night through November at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on the Weather Channel.
2: So most of the killer couple cases uh, that I was finding involved, like, super sadistic sex stuff, and I just mentally couldn't handle that this week, so... Fair enough. um, My case is still really dark, but I chose it because at least it doesn't have the the sex element. And that's, like, some tiny nod to self-care... It, with a really low bar. Fair enough. We all okay. need it. We're all there. Yeah. All right. So Southeastern Michigan, go Mittens, early 2006.
0: <laughs> go Mittens. <laughs> Roll Tide. <laughs> oh, Mittens. Oh, Ol Mish. Oh, Mittens. Get it? Oh, Mish. <laughs> oh, <Ol'> mitz.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right. Samantha Baczynski didn't fit the profile of someone who would become a cold-blooded killer but love can make you do crazy things she was <laughs> an <laughs> she was an honors student when she met Patrick Celapak a man 8 years her senior and i don't know how they met i did try to find out like how a high school honors student meets a dude in jail, but... I don't know, but I don't feel
0: good about it. On the (laughs) wrong
1: side of the tracks. It was probably a English class, like, project from Miss Sinkler to write to a prisoner (laughs) to, like, work on your paragraph structure. I don't...
2: Yeah, like, I don't know how they met, but yeah, maybe. Um, Patrick was admittedly her first, quote, love... Uh, Aww. quote, he made me feel like a terrific person, and that is what any 19-year-old girl wants, Samantha later told detectives. They want the six-foot-tall, beautiful guy to make them feel like they are wanted, and that's what I got at first. Uh-oh. Patrick was currently serving time for assaulting a former girlfriend. Definitely oh, not good. a red flag. Don't worry not about that. <laughs> um... And he'd already served nearly eight years for armed robbery and a prison escape. My God. So the assault charge on the former girlfriend was not his first serious scrape with the law, and it also happened while he was still on parole from his armed robbery
1: stint. Woof. Woof. Sounds like a gem. I'm
0: guessing he did not
1: get her parents' permission. To date well, her.
2: I don't know, because um Samantha didn't care about his past. She patiently waited for Patrick to be released from jail so that they could be together. And yeah. sixty-four days later, on January tenth, two thousand six, Patrick gets out. The couple immediately gets engaged. Sounds like like in the parking lot style. I'm making that <laughs> I'm like, I'm like making that up, but Amazing. Yeah. It's so romantic. And then Patrick moves into the house that Samantha shared with her mother and younger brother, because she's uh, still a fucking teenager. Come on, Samantha's mom. Yeah, Samantha's mom, fucking no. I'm sorry, no, you're not engaged to this guy who's in prison yeah. for domestic violence and armed robbery. And no, he's not living in my house.
0: No. And also we're moving and you're going to boarding school yeah. and you're getting a chastity belt. And I'm changing your name and yeah, like, no,
2: just no. I'm and, a- and, 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 and. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be such an overprotective mother. Okay. Um, initially, the relationship was good and Samantha recalls never having been happier. Because she's 19.
0: Yeah. You don't have anything to compare it to yet.
2: Yep. Quote, oh, oh I, ha- I had the guy that everybody likes to be around. I had somebody that my mom could talk to, somebody that my brother could look up to. No. This fucking felon no. In, no. in your house. ha yeah, No. ha ha No. ha No. Um, But (laughs) less than one month later, the pair would embark on a gruesome crime spree, leaving three... (laughs) Honeymoon.
1: Honeymoon goals. (laughs) Leaving some crime spree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Watch out, Zanzibar.
1: Um, We're
0: going to the Caribbean, and then we're going on a gruesome crime
1: spree. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) We've been saving up for months. Your getaway car has, like, strings of cans attached (laughs) to it. And bones.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this gruesome crime spree would leave three murder victims in its wake. Whoa. All right. It all began when newly fucking engaged Patrick met a woman named Melissa Barrels while shopping at the grocery store where she worked in New Baltimore, Michigan. <sighs> Patrick had a thing for Melissa, but she wasn't into it, and besides, she was married, not to mention the fact that she was 10 weeks pregnant at the time. Oh, honey. Yeah. So one day, Patrick, with Samantha in tow, so with his fiance in tow, follows this woman home from work and convinces her to let them come into her house and hang out for a bit. cat. Likely reassured by the fact that his fiancé was with him, Melissa let them in. Her husband... Oh, no. Yeah. Her husband, Scott, wasn't yet home. The attack was brutal. Patrick hit Melissa in the head with his gun, which knocked her to the ground. He then strangled her with a belt. But when it was, quote, taking too long for her to die, uh, he enlisted Samantha's help with the strangulation. So they're, like, working at it together. It is
1: really hard to strangle someone, though.
2: True. True Dad. Um... At that moment, Scott Barrels gets home from work. Oh no. Patrick uh, hits Scott over the head with the gun, and then he's like woozy, sort of semi conscious, and they lock him in the bathroom. Oh god. They then refocused on finishing the job of killing Melissa, and once she's dead, they turn back to Scott. Oh no. So he's, like, not even—he doesn't even know that anything has happened to his wife because it's all so, like, instantaneous for him.
0: Yeah.
1: So he didn't see them trying to strangle Melissa? From what I read, no. Okay. Yeah, it was like he, like, walked in the door and they, like,
2: were ready for him.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: Patrick viciously beat Scott Barrels with the butt of his rifle, rendering the man unconscious— Meanwhile, Samantha drives alone to a nearby CVS to fucking pick up murder supplies. Murder what supplies, the fuck? including duct tape and syringes.
0: What the f- Oh my god. Can
2: you just buy syringes at CVS?
0: Yeah, you can buy syringes over the counter. Huh. mm mm-hmm.
2: Mhm. Okay. Um, so this trip that she took alone, well, Uh, Patrick was beating Scott Barrels to death um, would later be pointed to as evidence against her defense which was you know she was like oh I only participated because I was afraid
0: Patrick was going to kill me if I didn't went to a 24 hour CVS to like get shit and then returned
1: to the scene of the ongoing crime
2: ongoing crime yep and the prosecution pointed out that Samantha literally had to drive past a police station each way to and from the CBS. And she was alone, so she could have stopped. Yep. God damn it. Obviously, there are, like, psychological barriers, and if she had been abused by Patrick for years and years, I could see how maybe psychologically even in that moment of being alone, she wouldn't, like, take the opportunity. But they'd been together for a month. Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, they really had not been together very long. No. And I'm a clinical psychologist and definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, (laughs) So...
0: I'm definitely no stranger, though, to people getting way too into it after way too brief a time. (laughs) At least least you said it. Okay. (laughs) Leave me alone. I am not that invested in this. (laughs) What is wrong with you? Uh.
2: Bye. (laughs) How dare I? Hashtag my dating life. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. When she gets back, the pair then injected bleach into Scott's veins using a hypodermic needle. Uh. Quote, up to Holy shit, that'd be
0: so painful Yeah, up to a dozen times Oh my god shit. and he still wasn't dying? No like, Oh god
2: So when those attempts failed to kill him They decided to try strangulation again Oh my god Wouldn't it be easier to just like put like a bubble? You know They have a gun Yeah, it's not about ease It's not about ease It's, they're torturing
0: him they're playing with him like a cat plays with a dead mouse. Right. They have a gun. It's they cu- up. they could have killed him at any moment. Yowzers.
2: Um, Samantha wrapped a belt around Scott Barrels' neck while Patrick simultaneously manually strangled him, like with his hands. So they're really trying to. They're like doing as much as they can, like simultaneously. It's weird. Okay. Mm -hmm. All told, Scott's ordeal lasted more than four hours. (gasps) Honey, no.
0: Holy shit. I told
2: you it was dark. All right. Scott and Melissa's bodies were then bound in plastic wrap and duct tape, which was purchased from the fucking CVS.
1: um,
2: And covered with a tarp and then moved to a back room of the home. And this is the worst Mm -hmm. part. This is the worst part. The room, the barrels were in the middle of converting to a nursery for their unborn child.
0: Ick, that's where they stash them? Yep. Ick, nope. Yep. That's really sad.
1: Uncool.
0: (laughs) Uncool. Super uncool, dude. Why don't you just like be cool? Don't be like uncool. This is so uncool, bro. Bruh, not cool.
2: Um, when Melissa failed to show up for work the next day, her parents asked the police to do a welfare check, and the grim scene was discovered. Uh, Patrick and Samantha also stole the Barrels' ID documents to try to steal their identities, but the murders were discovered so quickly, and the news, it, like, was everywhere on the news because obviously they just couldn't get
0: away with it. They couldn't use their names without being noticed. Yeah. Right. It, it would
2: have just been completely boneheaded. So they st- they stole their identities, but they couldn't ever use them. Um, don't worry, there's more. Yeah.
1: Always, because
0: it's Kenyon's case. But wait. She is the Billy Mays of this show. <laughs> Billy Mays here, but wait, there's you more. Cruel, <laughs> cruel bitch. They stash them in the unborn baby's room. <laughs> but wait, it gets worse. There's more. <laughs> All right, next For just $9.99, <laughs> you can double your trauma with Kenyon's cases. <laughs> it should be a Patreon
1: level that Kenyon just comes to your house and slaps you in the face. <laughs> Yeah, for
0: $999. I I am down. It's called the Billy Mays tier. (laughs) Kenya just appears and slaps you in the face and then leaves.
2: If you get a boner whilst I'm slapping you, then I get to kill you.
1: Um, anyway,
2: it.
1: so <laughs> keep in mind, this is how the trash queen tier started and that's actually a thing now. So, yep. so give us a thousand dollars a month we're, and the will we're come. We're not even joking about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would
2: totally do that. Okay. Next, Patrick and Samantha end up about an hour away at a gay bar in Flint, Michigan, which makes no mm-hmm. fucking sense because they were super close to the border with Canada in new Baltimore
1: and they went the other direction. I don't clearly get not the smartest. Yeah. But she was an honor roll They're student. Not thinking. Whatever.
2: So, they go they show up to this gay bar in Flint. They cozy up to an older gentleman at the bar. His name is Winfield Johnson Jr. He That's went by nice. his Yeah, he went by his middle name Fred. Um, and they tell him that, you know, they're chatting, whatever, and they tell him they don't have a place to stay. So, of course, he doesn't know that they're on the run from the police, so he agrees to let them crash at his place. Patrick has sex with Johnson. um, Nice. But the entire time, he and Samantha are plotting to rob and murder this man who opened his home to them. After a while, some reports said two days, some said three, Johnson figures out that Patrick and Samantha are the people wanted for these high-profile murders. Oh, dear. Um, like, it's all over the news, everything, and he figures it out. And so he tries to flee, but before he can escape, Patrick shoots him twice. Oh, Fred. Yeah. So, Johnson doesn't die instantly. Instead, they drag the injured man back inside the house. I think he'd,
1: like, made it just out the door, kind of. And They're really bad at killing people instantly. Well, they don't want to, though. Like, that's not their goal,
2: because they're fucked. So... They drag him back inside the house, and Patrick places a bag over his head and, like, slowly suffocates him to death. Ick. Afterwards, Samantha quote poked Johnson in the ribs with a knife to make sure he was dead.
1: Ugh! Good lord. AKA stabbed him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not poked. Poked him
1: in the ribs with a knife. Yeah. There's another. There's another word for that.
2: Yep. (laughs) Um, They then wrapped up the body and placed it in the bed of Johnson's pickup truck and then covered it up with garbage, dead leaves, and a disused mattress. Great. Yeah. Um, Winfield Johnson Jr. was a father of three and grandfather of six, and by all accounts, he was a wonderful father and enjoyed auto racing. Sad. Yeah. So he had been married. I don't know if he was... Technically still married at this time. He, he was seeking out homosexual relationships, but're not those things are not mutually exclusive. Mm. Um, okay, this is how they get caught. Samantha's friend, Tara, uh, gives police the tip that leads to their arrest. So what happens is, during the week-long murder spree, Samantha and Patrick asked Tara if they could stash a duffel bag of guns in her basement.
0: Yikes. Okay, red flag. Don't know where (laughs) all the guns... Don't be stupid, Tara. Don't keep your guns in a duffel bag. First mistake.
2: (laughs) Well, um... She agreed because it sounds like at the time she was, quote, partying a lot and, like, using drugs and not exactly living a squeaky clean existence. Mm. And also she was really good old friends with Samantha, so she was, like, the right person to ask sort Mm of on paper because she was, like, already in trouble, whatever. But... Then once Tara heard that the couple was wanted for the killings in um, for all three of the killings, actually, she decided to call the police. So she she did do the right thing in the end. And she was smart about it. Yeah. She didn't want them to have a chance to kill her if they noticed the police arriving at the house. So she didn't just like smart sneak off and call 911 and then like wait there with them because Winfield's. Didn't end up so great. So instead, Tara asks Samantha if they can drive, give her a ride to a job interview, which she made up. She was like, I've got a job interview at this hotel. Can you drive me there? And they say yes. And then Tara's like, cool, just wait for me in the parking lot. This will be really quick. Like I just, you know, in and out. And they are waiting in the parking lot and the police rock up and arrest them. Um, when authorities arrived, they found the body of Winfield Johnson still in the bed of his stolen pickup truck. They'd been driving. So they're literally just driving. So they've been driving him around. They're just driving around. Yeah. Town. And he's in Ick. the back of this truck and they're like d- giving a ride to a friend for an interview in their minds. That's fucked and up.
0: <laughs> There's that a is not cool.
2: Dead body in the in the back of the pickup truck, so it's open back Super there. Super
0: uncool, bro. Super uncool. Okay, so.
2: <laughs> under interrogation, Samantha eventually caves and begins to describe in chilling detail her own role in the murders. She said that basically it started because she would have done anything for Patrick. She's madly in love with him. He's the love of her life, blah, blah, blah. But then uh, she claims she started to fear him as soon as the the attack on Melissa began. That's what she says. Obviously, we already covered the CVS point. Mm -hmm. Okay, Tara, too, was terrified of Patrick. She claimed that after she'd testified against him at trial, quote, he walked out, he looked at us, and mouthed, I would do it again. <gasps> Ugh. Oh.
0: That is creepy. Yeah.
2: Tara said this guy is crazy. I always thought about what could happen when he was being transported between the jail and the court. He could do anything. So she's clearly like she doesn't she doesn't even feel safe like being in a courtroom with him, even surrounded by right. like people, but Still did it. Still called the police. Still testified against him. Still like got this motherfucker put in jail. Um, there was a reward for information leading to the arrests of the crime spree killers, but Tara never got paid. Even that though that is
0: fucked up, she handed them to them and put herself at a lot of risk.
2: Yeah, but because she was like a drug user, I'm guessing they just didn't you know if she had been like a cub scouts leader you know whatever like
1: a i didn't logo. realize there could
2: be stipulations on rewards like that i don't think there are stipulations i think they just like could get away with not paying it so they did and she didn't she like did. press the issue um so Sucks. she said she said, quote, I don't care if there was an award or not because I wouldn't be here today if I didn't make that phone call. And she's kind of implica- – she's talking about how she's now clean and so, like, she, she could have been next, like, Winfield Johnson, and also mm-hmm. it, like, lit a fire under her ass to, like, change her life. Wow. Um, so now she's a caregiver for a child with cerebral palsy and, like, has completely – changed her life um but then she added but sure if there had been an award out there i'd take it (laughs) which is like yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) i know get tara her money so patrick Celipak pled guilty to the murders and is currently serving a life sentence without the possibility of parole at the kinross correctional facility in his own confession, Patrick minimized Samantha's involvement in all of the crimes. And so some people are like, "Ah, that's sweet of him. Like, he does love her, blah, blah, blah. And then other people are disgusted because they say it means he doesn't actually care about justice for the families of their victims. And he's, like, just trying to get her off. <sighs> Yeah. Um, Samantha Baczynski was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder for the Scott and mm. Melissa Barrels case, also of home invasion and aiding and abetting. Yeah. And then she... Bitch. Yeah, you fucking guilty. <laughs> CV motherfucking ass. Um, she then pled no contest to second-degree murder for the Winfield Johnson case. So the first... She, like, the first case went to trial, and she got convicted, and then she was like, okay, no contest. Like, then she took a deal for the second case, basically. Not much of a deal, but a deal. Um, she is serving four life sentences. I don't know if these are concurrent or consecutive without the possibility of parole. In 2015, her appeal... Uh, was dismissed with the judge stating that the evidence against her was overwhelming. And now I want you to go to the drive, take a look at some photos, because there's one photo in particular. Is this her with the hair? Oh, my God, yes. She looks oh. like Winifred Sanderson of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, she yeah, does. but with
0: the way uh, her roots are growing out. Yeah. She's in Girl's bal- got to get her roots done. I mean, she's done. in prison.
2: Yeah. It's hard wow, to get your roots see. done in prison, but look, doesn't she has the Winifred Sanderson. She totally does. Style. Yeah, it's wild. I know it's hard to do your hair in prison, but girl. <laughs> no, no. Ooh, Quinn. No. All right, here's the kicker. This is actually why I chose this case. Remember how Patrick was released from jail for the domestic violence charge at the very beginning of this story? Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, turns out that was a mistake. A fucking bureaucratic error.
1: That
2: he was released? Was, yep. Dude was never supposed to be paroled when he was. Uh, it was actually against the How law the fuck? for him to have been released because he, he was put in prison on this domestic violence charge while violating parole for armed robbery. Oh, my God. So he never should have been paroled. The parole board just completely fucked up. Let this guy out, and a month later, three innocent people are dead.
0: I can't believe that. Someone yeah. put that wow. receipt
1: in the wrong pile. <laughs> right?
2: Oh, my God. Uh, quote, Michigan corrections off officials acknowledge that Patrick Salopak should have been in prison at the time of the killings. And in an official statement reading, oops, are bad. Oopsies. <laughs> um, <laughs> several parole workers were disciplined and state rules were tightened. Jesus. That's
1: fucking awful.
2: Isn't that that so so many lives were
1: ruined because of that?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Including Samantha's life. I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe bitches also,
0: but her life is definitely over.
2: Yeah. Like, Maybe she would have been inherently bonkers and would have gone on to be violent without this. Sure. But, like, who knows? If he had been in prison, who knows?
0: That's... Wow. That's I unbelievable. I can't believe that. I really can't. Like, I can sort of wrap my head around a bureaucratic error for something on a smaller scale. hmm But... Uh, re- accidentally released from... Prison on, like, pretty high domestic abuse charges. That's real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fuck.
2: So when I read that, my jaw, like, dropped, and that's when I decided to do this case, because it was just like, "Uh, uh, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? That's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, well done. Thanks. Good time to take a break for our sponsors, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients So you can just cook, eat, and enjoy Each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated, trusted sources And it is amazing
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you can enjoy not having to plan dinner Spending money on takeout For just like an easy night Which is my big mm-hmm. flaw That's what we tend to do um, Or worry about gathering ingredients Week after week mm-hmm. uh, All the ingredients from HelloFresh Come pre-measured in handy Labeled meal kits So you know which ingredients go with which recipe It is pretty foolproof
1: It's the best Mm-hmm And there are many benefits of subscribing to HelloFresh, so you can keep enjoying HelloFresh week after week. My favorite is that you can get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone, um, discovering new and delicious recipes. Some of them are like, feel a little bit more exotic. Some of them require different types of cooking methods. Um, so one of the things that I really enjoyed learning was just how much of a difference like toasting your spices before
0: you use seriously chili makes. It's mm-hmm. taught me so much. It's crazy.
1: It really mm-hmm. has. And then uh, I get the more of the vegetarian meals and mm. just getting more recipes that I feel that they just make me feel better. It's not always like, you know,
0: chicken and steak. Mm-hmm. It's just... You using don't get in those ruts of cooking the same thing over and over again. Yeah,
1: yeah and using different types of vegetables, uh, like I said, different methods of cooking. I just love it. So, for a total of $60 off, that is $20 off of your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com forward slash gals60 and enter the promo code gals60. So, again, that is $20 off your first three boxes, $60 off total. Go to HelloFresh.com, that's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-E-S-H.com forward slash gals 60 GALS60 and use promo code GALS60. It is amazing. Try it. Treat yo' good. The best. Treat yo' fridge. Fall is in full swing at ModCloth. If you're not already curled up in a sweater, I am personally. Hi. They've got you covered with cozy essentials and cute knits that just won't quit. Mm. Somebody
0: <laughs> I stop love that. me.
1: If you're feeling festive, be sure to check out their holiday gift guide featuring unique Yas. finds and perfect prezzies for everyone on your list, yourself included. And also, most important, there I said it. Mm hmm. You and all- those holidays are inclusive mm-hmm. yeah. for our Jewish listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And prep for those upcoming holiday parties with Mod Class Party Boutique. Discover everything from sheer lace to luxe velvet to irresistible sparkle. Yes, 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 and yes. hmm It's sure to be a night to remember and an outfit you'll never forget.
0: I can guarantee you I will be getting my New Year's outfit this year from ModCloth. I have been obsessed Mm -hmm. with this company for years. I use them for... Honestly, they have something for every occasion. I have literally bought bridesmaid dresses that I've worn in people's weddings. I've bought dresses to wear to people's weddings. I've gotten casual outfits. I've gotten work outfits. I've gotten shoes, accessories. They have so much cool stuff. And I know I've talked Mm -hmm. about this a million times, but I really, really love their website. And one of my favorite features of their website is that after you receive your amazing items from ModCloth, you can actually upload photos of yourself wearing those items so when you are shopping those photos show up in the comments and reviews for each item and you can see what these clothes look like on bodies that really reflect bodies like ours I love that Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool and empowering and helpful so Mm-hmm. Do it. claw your bod. Seriously. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter promo code wine crime at checkout. This offer is valid for one time use only and expires on January 5th, 2019. So again, to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to com and enter Enter promo code WineCrime W I N E C R I M E at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on January 5th, 2019. So run, don't walk to your computer <laughs> and order. <laughs> and cloud your with mod. Run, don't
1: walk to cloud your Mod. and don't Ron. walk. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: okay. All right. Are we ready for my case? I think yep. so. Because we're not.
2: It's uh, so, just to tell you. Uh, I know this case. Um, it's, so, <laughs> it's so awful. I'm so glad
1: you chose to do it.
0: I yeah. was like, Kenyon's, I don't care. Tip your
1: Xanax is back, folks. Kenyon's case has
0: got me coloring furiously over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is about to get. You're going to make a lot of trash queen fodder today. Um, Jody picked this case, so I am not taking responsibility. And holy damn, this oh, is dark. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Jody, what have you done? Jody? <laughs> Jody. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the Ken and Barbie killers. Uh-oh. And we're going to give a little background on who these people are. Mm-hmm. Paul Bernardo was born on August 27, 1964 in Scarborough, which is a district of Ontario, Canada. He's
2: a as Leo. the legal youngest. Or maybe a Virgo. Sorry. What? <laughs> I'm just being stupid. Go on.
0: I can't hear you. Um, as the legal youngest of Kenneth and Marilyn Bernardo's three children, his parents' marriage was an unhappy one that came as a result of Kenneth having the formation demanded by Bernardo's maternal grandfather. So we'll Excuse me? get to what the fuck that okay. means. Mm. Unlike Marilyn's favorite <laughs> suitor. So basically, that's fancy speak for he looks a lot like someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) Kenneth and that will make sense in a minute (laughs) Kenneth who would later in life face charges for peeping and pedophilia Was abusive to other members of the family and molested um, a family member Marilyn was depressive and would leave her family unattended To visit other relatives during the weekend This is the mom And eventually retreated into the basement And just like hung out there that's, and that was that sounds pretty thing. good. If you have a lot of kids, yeah. to just like I mean, I'm living in a garden level. I get it, but <laughs> make your retreat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so young Paul seemed oblivious to his broken home and was described as a happy child, even by people who knew about the abuse in his home. And he achieved the highest rank in the Boy Scouts. Wow. Mm. Let's put him on the Supreme Court. (laughs) In 1981... (laughs) He's Canadian. 16-year-old... I know, right? Super only thing that'll keep him out. In 1981, 16-year-old Bernardo suffered two major setbacks. First, he was told after an argument between his parents that Kenneth Bernardo was not... His biological father, but mm. that he had been conceived as a result of, of a sexual encounter between Marilyn and her once favorite suitor. Okay. Which, like, been there <laughs> now with a child, but I get it. I have my favorite. I get it. <laughs> um, repulsed, he began to call his mother a slut and a whore, which are horrible, terrible words. Mm-hmm. Torrible words. words. <laughs> and turns. she reciprocated by calling him a bastard. Oh. So things were not going well mm-hmm. in that household. Later, his girlfriend, Nadine Brammer, abandoned him for one of his friends, which is a bummer. And she had gotten tired of his, like, controlling and shitty behavior. And Bernardo retaliated by incinerating all the things that Brammer had given to him. Again, relatable content. <laughs> yeah, I've lit Amanda's a lot of done that. shit <laughs> on fire. <laughs> yeah. I've a lot. helped. Yep. <laughs> Nadine protested to the media in 1993 That uh, Paul was innocent of the crimes I don't know why But Okay she, didn't, she said he was innocent of arson Or whatever the fuck Oh, oh no, sorry Innocent of the crimes that he would later cover. Oh, okay So skipped ahead So she didn't, she didn't want to believe
2: That the guy that she had dated Even yes. though she broke up with him For being controlling Had done this fucked up shit Right
0: After gradu- graduating from Sir Wilfrid Laurier Collegiate Institute Oh, yes I'm pretty sure that's Kavanaugh's alma mater. (laughs) Bernardo was employed by the American company Amway, um, and their, quote, polemic sales culture deeply influenced him. Mm. He bought books and tapes from famous motivational speakers and applied their lessons when he and friends met young women in bars, seducing many successfully. What the fuck? It's a multi-level marketing...
1: Bullshit yeah.
2: thing. So he would yeah. like use their sales tactics of like,
0: isn't that gross? You don't I want this. That. Don't you
2: want to better but your life? It. Don't you want to become someone like not spending wait, money on this more. is holding you back? Like this is going to be the best money
0: you ever spend. Like blah 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 blah. For only nine ninety nine, you could be my girlfriend. <laughs> Ew. Ugh. So now we're going to talk about Carla Homolka. Uh-oh. She was born on May 4th, 1970 in Port Credit, Ontario on the same day as the Kent State shootings in Ohio. I don't know why that's relevant, but that was in the wiki. Fact, fact um, She was born to <laughs> traveling salesman Carol Homolka, an alcoholic Czechoslovakian immigrant, unfortunately, And his Ontarian wife, Dorothy Seeger, um, who was a geriatric clinic employee. So she basically did nursing for, like, older, elder folks with physical limitations. She had two younger sisters, Lori and Tammy. Carla was a bright child and a good student uh, that was doted on by her father, but he would also insult her and her mother and her sisters during his drunk episodes. Wonderful. So things were also not great in their household. Okay. Um, so the stage is took set refuge. for her to be, you know. Ha- having daddy issues. Yeah. Not looking good. Um, <clears throat> and he also took refuge in the basement when he got in arguments with the family. Oh,
2: so they have that in common. When the
0: homoko's marriage faltered and he took on a mistress... The wife's response was to propose a threesome to keep on as normal, like to just have her move into the house. Uh, And basically he has two wives to keep the family together and keep going. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh Uh-huh. I if mean, every relationship works differently yeah. and I'm not here to judge, but that just seems like not the best situation with all the other details involved. It
1: doesn't seem like the best way to save a relationship, a marriage, right? Yeah. yeah but, it's, right. it's
2: different than polyamory you go into in it, that it started yeah. without
0: consent.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And ends yeah. as a compromise.
0: Yeah. Okay. So once again, in a relatable turn of phrase from a young age, Carlo was described as stubborn and domineering. <laughs> being unable to oh. compromise with other children and always willing to speak her mind to adults. Uh-uh. How dare Overbeing. she? And
2: if she were a boy, they would describe her as reaching to the top of the Boy Scouts. Yeah, pretty much. For
0: those same qualities. Mm-hmm. Go she on. had a depressive episode after she began to attend the same Sir Winston Churchill secondary school, during which she would dress in a, quote, non-conforming manner. She also committed some self harm and claimed, uh, uh, made false claims of suicide um, as an attention seeking measure. Which, as we know, these are not just to be seen as attention seeking. These are ways of asking for help when you don't know how to ask for help. So I don't like that language, but that was just what was in this report. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also keenly interested in Satanism and witchcraft, we feel you girl, Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. among other unearthly things
2: <sighs> Little judgy article, know, little judgy I know, but I kind of
0: love it She does turn out to be a murderer though, so Satanism and witchcraft, mm. here for it I mean, murder is against the tenets of Satanism, so It sure is And witchcraft and Wicca mm-hmm. Go on she later developed sadistic and masochistic fantasies. Uh, she got a part-time job as a veterinary clinic while she was in high school. And after graduating in 1988, she was hired by Thorold Veterinary Clinic as a full-time vet technician. In 1987, greatest year of all time, year of my <laughs> birth, um, <laughs> Paul Bernardo graduated from college and got a job as a junior accountant in Price Waterhouse. His dating slowed down. After one of his last girlfriends, Jennifer Thompson, threatened to go to the police because of how he was treating her. So that was not good. Okay. On May of that same year, uh, Paul Bernardo raped two women and attempted a third rape in July. Mm. So he just got real bonkers and like went for it. Mm. In October, Paul and Hamolka met at a hotel restaurant. He was 23 and she was 17. Yeah. Once again. Mm. Um, She had come to Scarborough to attend a pet store conference for her work. And in according to this, she quote cast a spell on Bernardo, and they were instantly attracted to each other and had sex that same night. I'm sure he didn't use any of his pyramid scheme marketing tricks on her, <laughs> and he's not the predator at all for being a 23 year old trying to sleep with a 17 year old nope. girl. Also, nope.
2: like it's not easy to just cast a spell. Like you need to like gather
0: supplies. I doubt she Do had. Do you them know with how her many herbs I have? It takes so <laughs> many herbs. I have a chest of herbs. It really I can't does. Just take that to a bar <laughs> It's really hard Kenyon's totally right Yeah um, So they fall in love Pretty much immediately They drive to see each other Like twice a week um, Slowly apparently He comes to control Her entire life Deciding how she dresses uh, How she styles her hair What food she eats Like all this very, mm-hmm. very Abusive controlling Abusive behavior happening Um, He often ridiculed her Called her fat and ugly And unlike his previous girlfriends She easily submitted And um, oftentimes encouraged His uh, sort of like Domineering sexual behavior as well Mm. Like a Um, master-slave thing Exactly And though it did not end their relationship The reveal that uh, She was not a virgin when they first met Upset Paul Very much Oh my god so he's a disgusting creep, yep. and she's had a rough go of it and is not in the best way either, but they're kind of making her look like the perpetrator. Not that she's completely innocent as things unfold here, obviously. Well, right. when
1: women are violent, there's something wrong mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, so they're sleeping together, and things are like kind of going well, but also kind of not, and in December, Paul resumes going out and raping young women in December mm-hmm. of 1988 by March of 1988 police had set an entire task force to apprehend these so-called quote Scarborough rapists because there were so many happening in the area mm-hmm. but the investigation went nowhere despite the amount of physical evidence and the existence of a composite sketch that was not shown to the public come and on canada what's I do the not point know why. of a fucking sketch if it's not shown that's to the public that's what i'm saying and who's making those decisions to not release those? It's crazy.
2: And probably not even testing the physical evidence that they have.
0: No. No. In fact, we will definitely talk about that. Um, Carlo was aware of what Paul was doing, knew that he was committing these rapes, knew that it was him. Um, And knew that this is going on during this uh, time period. And there were allegations from one victim that Carla was present when she was attacked. okay. So that she not only knew about this, but may have even been there during one of the rapes. Yeah. Um, And that while she was there, she was recording it on camera. But these allegations were ignored by the police. And finally, on May, because why would we believe victims, like, anywhere in the world? Right. Um, finally, on May 1990, the police decided to show the composite sketch to the public. So this investigation had been going on for two years now. hmm And they finally released the composite sketch to the public, uh, which, shock, launches a massive number of tips. People are calling like crazy, like, we know who this guy is. hmm At the time, Paul had quit his job, um, got his money by smuggling cigarettes across the U.S.-Canadian border, Okay, which is amazing. Um, Friends and previous girlfriends of Paul saw the release sketch and tried to contact the police, but the officers were overwhelmed by other tips Mm -hmm. and were unable to follow up on them. Uh,
2: I mean, I understand that you can get a lot of like, you know...
0: Not helpful
2: tips. tips But you have but like, to follow up on everything Because it, there could be that one needle In the haystack
0: Yep, leave no stone unturned uh, Excuse you, I'm sorry huh. In November Two detectives visited Paul And took blood, saliva, and hair samples from him But they wouldn't be tested For another two years So
2: they have everything they need To get this everything. guy
0: Everything
2: And at this point, no one has been murdered yet. I mean, rape is bad enough, but no one has been murdered yet. Okay. Correct.
0: But that's now coming. More like task farce. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So while Canadian police are, no offense, doing kind of a shitty job investigating the Scarborough rapist, 1990 progresses and Paul is still wandering free and he's becoming increasingly obsessed with Carla's 15-year-old sister, Tammy. No. no! He spies on her in her bedroom with Carla's assistants, who would also make sure that Tammy remained a virgin until the moment he decided to sleep with oh her. Oh, my God, that is so fucked up. All
2: right, yep. Carla is fucked. Carla's
0: fucked. A She's super fucked. Ugh. A first attempt during a summer trip in July involved... Carla lacing her sister's meal with Valium that she stole from her workplace as a vet. Mm. But Tammy woke up after um, like a minute or so before Paul could get a chance to rape her. So she escaped that situation. Fortunately, Mm -hmm. (coughs) this, excuse me. The second attempt happened in December following a Christmas dinner in the Homolka family home. Oh my God. Carla described this as gifting her sister's virginity to Paul for Christmas. Ew. That is so fucking yep. gross While the parents slept upstairs The couple spiked Tammy's drink With sleeping pills And once she was unconscious They undressed her And Paul proceeded to rape her While Carla held a rag Soaked with anesthetic hol- Holothane Or halothane Again another chemical that's been, That was stolen from the vet That she worked at Over Tammy's nose and mouth To like keep her silent Oh no Even even
2: though she was already out with sleeping pills, but, like, just in case.
1: Well, Mm. she woke up the first time.
0: Right. She did, but in this scenario, she began to vomit and stop breathing after Carla held her down to clear her throat, or to cover her throat. Or, no, to clear vomit out of her throat. She's holding her down, and she's choking. Um, After failing to revive Tammy, the couple, so Tammy dies. Oh,
2: my God! Uh, She killed, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, she killed her own sister trying to give her as a sex toy to her boyfriend for Christmas. Super fucked up. God, thanks um, a lot, Jody. I know, right? <laughs> but actually, After thank you for your patronage, Tammy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The couple dressed her, moved her into her own room and cleaned up the evidence before they called 911. And although Tammy had a visible chemical burn on her face, the death was ruled accidental. What the
2: fuck? What did they even say? Uh, like, they, they thought that she took all those sleeping pills yeah, herself? Yeah, that she,
0: it was an accidental overdose. Yep. And,
2: and Paul is there because he's Carla's oh, yeah. boyfriend and he's at the
0: family Christmas. Yeah. He uh, and Carla called 911 together. Oh, God. Wow. Yep. Um, oh. At the funeral, Paul was caught stroking Tammy's hair As she laid in an open casket <gasps> Ew okay. Alright, so he's and also a, got a little bit of a necrophile side Yeah, he's nasty And a 1993 exhumation of Tammy's body Revealed that the couple had also placed a photo of themselves In the casket with her <gasps> Oh Like this no. poor thing has to be buried for all eternity With a picture of the fucks that killed oh, her Oh my god, that is so twisted I hate it um, Paul and Carla then moved to Port Dalhousie 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 Dal Dalhousie Where they Dalla what's f- it Dalhousie Port Dalhousie where they filmed themselves while role playing sexual encounters between Paul and Tammy like fake sexual encounters where they're still fantasizing about Tammy even Mm -hmm. after they killed her Jesus Christ Carla played the role of her sister and wore her sister's clothes to reinforce the fantasy oh dear
2: god oh dear god yep I really hate this case
0: I hate it too it's horrible on June 7th of 1991, Carla invited a teenager that she had befriended at work. Um, they referred to her as Jane Doe during the trial because she was still underage. And they didn't want to reveal her information mm-hmm. um, to her new house with Paul. After she passed out from having a drink laced again with this halcyon crap, mm-hmm. um, Carla told Paul that she had a surprise wedding gift for him because they apparently had recently got married. And the two filmed themselves as they raped this teenager. This young lady woke up the next day with nausea but left without realizing that she had been sexually assaulted. Mm -hmm. Um, June of that same year, Paul took a detour to Burlington to steal license plates to use in his smuggling business when he met 14 year old Leslie Mahaffey, who had been locked outside of her home in punishment for missing her curfew. Oh my
2: God, no, that's the wrong punishment.
0: That ground her forever, don't leave her vulnerable outside of her home. Right, the whole
2: point of the curfew is that it's dangerous outside. You don't leave someone outside for break. Oh, okay.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And he rolls up, Leslie asks him for a cigarette, he leads her to his car, he blindfolds her, he forces her inside, and he brings her back home, telling Carla that they had a, quote, playmate, Mm. and once again, they film themselves as they assault her, and after her blindfold fell off, Carla murdered her. Mm-hmm. They kept the body in the basement while they dined with the entire Homolka family that they invited over for dinner, like a day or so later.
2: Because they liked the thrill of that. They wanted to yep. have
0: them over while they knew there was a dead girl downstairs. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. my God. And then they later dismembered her and threw her in Lake Gibson. I feel like actually sick Yeah, I know It's the worst Um, Later in August Jane Doe of the original Or one of the first quote-unquote playmates Was invited over again Um, And in a similar scenario As to what happened when Tammy died Jane also stopped breathing while she was being assaulted She was revived successfully In this scenario Uh Carla, who had called 911 Phoned 911 back To say that the crisis had been solved and the ambulance en route was recalled without further inquiry. What? Cool. They turned around. They didn't come. They called back and they were like, just kidding. She's fine. And the ambulance never came.
2: I I think there are laws now against that. I think now they have to show up. I once, would hope so. Once the,
0: like, call has been logged or something, but I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, and you can refuse, especially if an ambulance comes, like, if you're Cognitively aware enough You can say I don't want to go To the hospital And they can't force you Mm -hmm. But they usually just like Do your vitals And at least assess The situation And see if they need Mm -hmm. You know Further assistance Or if there's like an issue Right I don't know It's fucked up Um, In April of 1992 Paul and Carla Abducted 15 year old Kristen French As she exited The Holy Cross Catholic Secondary School Leaving a number Of witnesses they assaulted her repeatedly for three days before Carlos strangled her with the same cord that she used to kill uh, Kristen Mahaffey. During her captivity, French was never blindfolded and was forced to ingest large amounts of alcohol, watch the recording of Mahaffey's assault, and act in a submissive manner to Paul. Though she became confrontational by the end. Don't blame you, girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck this shit. hmm once again, the couple left the body in their home while they dined with family. They later washed her body and cut her hair before they threw her in a Burlington dumpster. Like, I think it's like a like a big dump. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul was interviewed by two police officers a month after this murder, but they considered him an unlikely suspect, even after he admitted to have having been interviewed previously in connection to the Scarborough rapes. Why? What? So they because, knew he- because they just liked him? Like, why? I have no idea. I really don't know. I don't know why this was, like, so lackluster when it comes to him. Mm. Um, soon after, Paul and Carla solicited to change their legal name to Teal, which was the surname of a serial killer in the 1988 film Criminal Law, and they wanted to base their name off of that.
2: Oh, my God. They're they, so... They're so bonkers. Wrapped they're up so in there. Oh, my God.
0: Well, and now they've been doing this and getting away with it for years. So it's just It's just escalating And getting worse Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately we are at The part of the story Where we talk about Their arrests And incarceration Excellent Because I'm sick of this shit Um, On December 27th Of I believe it's 1993 uh, Paul Goes off the deep end And savagely beats Carla With a flashlight And there are photos On the drive Uh, Of how bad her injuries are I don't know if I want To look at that Well it's just like her black eyes like it looks like halloween makeup but it's not those are actual bruises on her face which is super fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um holy shit. With, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. We're not going to put it's that bad. on the blog like that. You don't have to, but I'm just saying like it was not it was really brutal. Like it says that it's brutal but this is yeah, it's fucked up. Um <clears throat> so on December 27th, I believe of 1993, Paul savagely beats Carla with a flashlight, leaving her with massive bruises on her limbs and two black eyes. Uh, She did not want to go to the hospital, and she returned to work, like, a couple weeks later, January 4th, 1993. And her injuries were so severe that they had not healed much at all by the time she went back to work. And... She tried to say that it was because of a traffic accident, but her coworkers were like, no, there's no fucking way that this is from a traffic accident. So they don't believe her. They alert her parents, who insist on taking her to the hospital. She finally goes to the hospital, and Carla claims to be a battered spouse, which in this scenario she definitely was. Um, And she files charges against Paul. So everything's starting to unravel now. now. Mm -hmm. He's arrested. By sheer coincidence... The samples that Paul had given years earlier were tested right around the time of his arrest for this domestic assault. Oh, just complete coincidence. Quinky dink. Yep. Okay. So they positively identify him as the Scarborough rapist. Oh, and they have him in custody. Oh, my God. Carla moves to another town called Brampton with her aunt and uncle, tells them that Paul was both the Scarborough rapist and the killer of Mahaffey in French. Um, Doesn't say anything yet about Tammy. In February, she seeks full immunity from the prosecution in exchange for her cooperation and for testifying against Paul, but she's initially denied. Yeah, they already have enough on him, and you clearly helped. Well, yes, that is true, Mm -hmm. but she kind of gets off pretty easy i think in this situation mm-hmm. um instead she was given a week to accept a 12 year prison term for manslaughter mm-hmm. or face charges for three murders one of them eventually her sister tammy's whose case had just been reopened in light of all this new evidence that they got from this from this like lid blowing off this case her so poor basically parents. It's like, Her poor parents. parents. I can't. So basically they're like, you take this plea bargain and you serve your 12 years or you go on trial for three separate counts and you're probably going to go away for life. Yeah. So she takes the, she takes the bargain. Absolutely. 12 years is not that long. It's nothing. No. She's out now. She got out in 2005. Uh, I've seen, I've seen photos of her like picking up her kids
2: from daycare and stuff. It's like, yeah. Oh my God.
0: Um so she takes the deal, she testifies against Paul in trial um that took place in 1995. Uh he pleaded not guilty to the murders on uh May 4th in 1994 is when he pleaded guilty or not guilty. On September 1st, he was sentenced to life in prison. So the trial was fairly long but not nothing too crazy or sensational. Mm-hmm. Like they got the job done. Um he is kept segregated from other inmates because of threats made to him. Apparently, this is really common in even like in American prisons, and this is Canadian prison. But people who have committed sexual assault against minors are not well received. No, nope. right. by other inmates in prison, and who, they are often many of whom targets are of rape. themselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he had to be kept separate because the threats were so bad, and people were were trying to assault him mm-hmm. kill him um yeah exactly so apparently there was a situation in 1999 where a group of five prisoners tried to like storm the segregated area and had to be dispersed by riot police like it was that bad they were out for him that wow badly.
2: wow he was already yeah. in the segregated area and they were like
0: no we're and still they were coming trying to for you Yeah, exactly so, because of his official status as a dangerous offender, it is considered unlikely that he'll ever be granted parole. He's still in prison now. Uh-huh. Um, Carla's plea deal was severely criticized in a Canadian society as for obvious reasons, especially after the tapes depicting the couple's assaults were shown. At his trial. So she had already taken the plea deal and no one had seen those tapes yet until his trial had started. And then they see that and then they're like, oh no, this. Uh, Yep. We Uh, fucked up. She was way more involved, but we've already told her because she's testifying against like the primary culprit that she gets a lighter sentence. Isn't that fucked up? That is so fucked fucked up. up. Um. He did try, he like his lawyer, Paul's lawyer purposely hid most of the tap of the tapes for the months of his, of his trial. Um, and try, obviously trying to get a lighter sentence for Paul, but that lawyer was actually charged with obstruction of justice for doing that. Mm. He was acquitted, but at least they like the Canadian system tried to go after him a little bit Yeah, and like, that's fucked up. You can't withhold that information. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, Carla was released from prison in 2005. She moved to the French Caribbean island of Guadalupe in an attempt to avoid media scrutiny. In 2007, she married uh, a man named Terry (laughs) Bordelais. (laughs) Bordelais. And had three children. And they returned to Canada and settled in Montreal. And apparently that's where they've been living. Pretty normally.
2: Uh, How can this woman lead a normal life who would marry her?
0: I don't know. I was thinking about that when I was doing my, my notes. I was like, Sh- I, I, that blows my mind. That completely blows my mind. And this case was so big in Canada. It's not like, there was so much information about this case. Like, they were yeah. very famous. And they were called the Ken and Barbie killers because you could see their wedding photo on the drive. They were, like, very attractive people.
1: Imagine her kids, like,
0: when they're old enough, realizing They're what... going to find out all of yeah. this. That's
2: yeah. sad. They it's are. so
0: sad. It's so sad and so scary. I so that is the worst case I've ever had to do. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Cool, really rough. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Jody.
2: But actually, thank you, Jody. Well, yeah, but actually, thank you so much. Special thank so
1: thanks much. this we week you. to Jody Knight.
0: <laughs> God. <laughs> anyway, I, thanks for this, <laughs> and also thanks to Liz Prosh, Prost, Liz Prosh. <laughs> you are you nice. are precious you are prosh us
1: <laughs> big thanks to ashley ballard and kalisha goodberry goodberry you ballards are goody nice
2: goodberry
1: <laughs> i saw goody berry dance with the devil with the ballad. <laughs> thank you both shout out to amelia
2: o'reilly O'Reilly. Oh. O'Reilly
0: Auto Parts. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. Oh my God, the worst. Um, Also, special thanks to Elizabeth. You need no last name. You're too badass to even carry one. Mm -hmm. It'd be a registered weapon. Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) Quan Elizabeth. Michelle Quan Elizabeth.
1: Okay. (laughs) Thank you to Emily Schultz. You're Schultz-a-sweetie for your $5 a month donation. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <gosh>. Uh, <laughs> nailed it. Shout out to Salah Marie Castellano. Woo! I can salah pronounce your name. Uh-huh. Hey, Salah, Salah.
0: whatever, Marie, Marie, Marie. Marie, Marie. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Jessica Anderson. That is a very common name. <laughs> <laughs> but you are not a common person because you no. stand out by donating $5 a month to Wine and Crimes Patreon. Mm-hmm. Blessed be. Thank you to
1: Dominique Villanueva. I feel mm-hmm. like you emailed us fairly recently with a really yeah. cool episode topic or idea, and I don't remember what it was, but thank you for your email and thank you also for your donation. Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Soup suppress your
0: donation.
2: Thank you to Cecily Ensley.
0: Cecily is such a beautiful name. I'd go to the Ensley of the earth for Cecily. There we go. Nailed it. Uh Sophie Laws. There are no laws that can keep us from loving you. Oh laws, she's a common. Oh laws. I'm schwitzing. Thank you for your $5 a month donation.
1: Thank you also to Paige Martin's. Uh make me want to pull page out my Doc out of her book.
0: Yeah, Doc Martins. <laughs> Some
1: platform sandals up in hill.
2: <laughs> Thank you to Danielle Graham You are as sweet as a graham cracker
0: Aww. Oh my goodness This next person actually requested That I read their name So this mm-hmm. one's for you Megan Nelson mm. Will
2: you be my daddy? Yeah. All right She didn't say daddy
1: voice specifically oh, I know <laughs> It was <laughs> implied <laughs> Always there <laughs> Lurking, oh. your daddy voice is
0: just below the surface at any point. No, because <laughs> I'm always bad. Okay. Oh my god! Okay, quick anecdote. People will love this. Oh my god! Uh, I literally <laughs> said to a date last night, "Quote that's my secret. I always need to fart." <laughs> <laughs> okay. No other context will be given. That sounds like a no gastrointestinal issue that you should get looked at. Date went really well, so your judgment can just go fuck itself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's next? For the comfort of your own butthole. Okay. (laughs) Tiffany Fontenot, you are hot to try.
0: And you
2: are
1: soft as a
2: Mm fontanelle. Okay. (laughs) And you'll be getting a fucking patriarchy
1: flexible wine glass in the mail.
2: Yay! (laughs) As will Lynn Innes. Innes Cool?
0: <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> twyla Smith, I'm twyla to get up in your DMs, but you're not responding to me. Oh my God. <laughs> Good one. Good one. Not a it. stretch. <laughs> I'm impressed <laughs> with you.
2: It.
1: Trista Dillon, you. Dylan, forget to donate your ten dollars a month to us. <laughs> this
2: is just kidding Dylan Toofy, y'all. you didn't. <laughs> Dylan, hardly know her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Always our fallback. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Whose turn is it? Oh, it's my turn.
0: Yep. If you um, have to ask, it's you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Cassidy Fox, you are a foxy person. For fuck's sake. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake, Cassidy. Thank you
0: for your donation. Thank you so foxing much for your donation. (laughs) Um. F-O-X. F-O-X. Oh, I want to watch You've Got Mail. Okay, Mm -hmm, let's wrap mm -hmm. this up so we can all watch You've Got Mail Mm -hmm. And then the blind side Um, Also (laughs) special thanks to Royal Elizabeth Arthur Who's giving 15 a month Which qualifies them for thine trash queen or king Or both Mm -hmm. or neither tier Mm. (laughs) Elizabeth is an Arthurian
1: legend
0: Indubitably
1: All right, also a trash queen or king or both or neither is Zachary Ainsley.
0: Ains
1: Ains to please. You do (laughs) Ains to please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad Kenyon gets this name.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also a trash queen or king or both or neither, Sarah Szczepanowski. Chespinowski.
0: Mike Wazowski.
2: Mike Wazowski. Sarah Wazowski. Mm-hmm. It, thank you so much. And um, you are
0: worth every letter in your last name. Indeed. And Brittany Dayton is going to be getting some swagger mm-hmm. merchandise because they are giving $25 a month. You're getting that tote, you're getting that glass. -hmm. What else are you getting? Tote in a
2: glass and our eternal appreciation and our eternal appreciation. Ten percent off all
1: merch buys forever in eternity. Such a deal! A deal at
0: any price.
1: (laughs) And of course, special thanks to our sponsor, Talkspace. Always, always treat yo brain and use our promo code. Go to talkspace.com forward slash gals. Get forty five bucks off that first month.
0: Mm. Treat it. See you next week. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kali Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers!
0: Welcome to Boozy Movies, movie reviews with a little
2: booze. Each week, we get inebriated and opinionated, taking shots at one film, both literally and figuratively. Listen to Boozy Movies at BoozyMovies.com, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to join the conversation in our Facebook group, Boozy Movies Drinking Buddies. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pod.